Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm so excited to be here with you today. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Tim. Um, I'm the junior high director, um, so I work with the youth a lot of times. So maybe if I haven't met you, that's why. Um, but I'm really excited to be diving into God's Word with you today um, as we study the names of God. We've been going through this series called In Awe. Um, where we look at different names of God found throughout the Bible, and we learn about him through the names that he is described by. Um, and specifically, we've been looking at different psalms and kind of using that as a launch pad um, to head into our study in that specific name uh, found in that specific psalm. So today we're going to be um, studying Jehovah Ra, which means the Lord is my shepherd. Um, and this is found in Psalm 23. It's a pretty familiar psalm. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, so before we dive into God's word, I'd love to just open us in a brief word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for being here with us. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for how it guides us and it leads us. I pray that you would be with us here today, um, that your words would speak truth to our hearts and to our minds. Um, and Lord, that we would act on it. We would follow your calling in our lives. I pray that you would just bless this time. Open your word to us, we pray. I pray this in your name. Amen. So I want you to think about a time where maybe you have felt lost. Maybe completely lost. This could be physically lost. Maybe you were driving and your phone died and you didn't have GPS. Maybe you were lost somewhere else. Uh, maybe you were in a, in a busy environment or a new environment and you just felt lost. Or maybe you've just felt lost in life. You didn't feel like you had a lot of direction. I remember one time in particular where I felt very lost. Um, several years ago, Alexis and I, my wife, we decided that we wanted to go to uh, Europe and more specifically Greece. And we had an over 24-hour layover in Paris, France. And so we, being the young newlywed couple, we thought, hey, let's go see Paris in a day. This seemed like a really good idea. And so we got up really early um, and we took a taxi into Paris. And the guy probably knew we were like extreme tourists right out of the gate because he's like, where do you want to go? Like, what's the address? And we're like, uh, the Eiffel Tower. And he probably like rolled his eyes and he takes us into downtown Paris. Um, and Paris is very walkable if you've ever been there. And so we spent the day just kind of exploring monuments, reading about history, eating great food. It was a great day. Um, we got very distracted and we kind of lost track of time. Um, our taxi ride had also been way more expensive than we thought. So we're like, hey, we're not going to take a taxi back tonight. And the day kind of got away from us. And next thing we knew, it started to get really, really late. And we're like, okay, we got to figure out a plan to get back to our hotel. And so we decided the best plan would be to take the train from where we were to, to the airport. And then the airport had a shuttle that was close to our hotel. Um, and so we find what we think is the right train station. And we find what we think is the right train. And we wait for it because we, we see that it's coming in the future. And people start to load onto the train and leave, and next thing we know, we are the only two people left in the whole train station. And we're like, that's not good, but the train's coming, it'll be here. And we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and the train never comes. And it was that moment, we popped our head up and we're like, we are completely lost. We don't know where to go. We are in a foreign land. We don't understand how their public transportation system works. We don't know how we're gonna get back. We felt completely lost. 
Gratefully, one of the uh, employees who worked at the train station saw us from afar. He's like, those two look lost. He came over to us. He explained to us that we were at the wrong train station. He told us the right train station to go. He said, there's one more train before we shut it down for the night. You guys better be on it. He showed us how to get there. And then more importantly, he showed us that we could actually have used Google Maps, like the app on our phone, um, the whole time to not only find the right train, but to, to guide us to the airport, which in turn would get us to the shuttle. So we ended up getting on the right train and getting back to our hotel much later than we planned. Um, but I feel like as people, we tend to have moments in our life where we feel lost. And sometimes this happens in our relationship with God, where we get so busy, just like my wife and I were so busy and so distracted by the world around us that by the time we pop up our head, we realize we're lost. We've strayed. We don't know where we are. And the good news is we have a shepherd that we're going to talk about today. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about sheep and shepherds today. And the Lord is referred to as a shepherd many times throughout the Bible. It actually starts in Genesis, um, and it goes all the way to Revelation, different times where the Lord is referred to as a shepherd to his people. Um, so our first passage today is actually going to be in Genesis, where the Lord is referred to as a shepherd. This is Jacob giving a blessing to Joseph and his grandsons. Genesis uh, chapter 48 we're going to read verse 15. I think it's going to be up on the screen. Um, you can also look at it in your Bible. I'm going to be reading from the ESV version. Genesis chapter 48, verse 15. This is Jacob talking. He says, And he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day. Jacob is realizing that the guidance throughout his life, has come from the Lord. And specifically, the Lord has been a shepherd to him. The Lord has been a shepherd to his life. And we see that many times throughout the Bible, all the way to Revelation. In kind of a foretelling, in Revelation chapter 7, verse 17, it says, The Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And so we see this loving relationship that God has with his people as their shepherd. But as we read our main kind of launching off passage for today, Psalm 23, we find something slightly different in the name Jehovah Ra. Because Jehovah Ra translates, the Lord is my shepherd. Some translate it to mean, the Lord is my friend. It's kind of this deeply personal relationship that the Lord has with his sheep. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my friend. And we see that David fully understood what it meant to have a deep, caring relationship as a shepherd to his sheep. David grew up attending his father's sheep, that's where we first meet David in the Bible. He's tending to his father's sheep. Um, and he knew everything it took to be a good shepherd to his sheep. And so with that context, we're going to read our main passage today, Psalm chapter 23. It's a short psalm, but it's a really, really powerful psalm. 
Psalm 23, it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David wrote this, and he wrote it from the perspective of being a shepherd himself. Because David knew firsthand the tender care that a shepherd gives to their sheep. Because he had done it. He had cared tenderly for his sheep. But he has seen the Lord as a shepherd in his life. He had also seen how the sheep depend on the shepherd for everything. Without the shepherd's guidance, the sheep just get lost. And so he saw that constant dependence that the sheep had for their shepherd. The sheep did not do well on their own. And as a shepherd, you can imagine you're spending all day in the wilderness with some sheep. David also understood the companionship that shepherds have with their sheep. And when we first hear that, maybe we're like, friends with sheep, that's a little bit weird. But if you have a pet, especially a dog, I'm a big dog fan, you know this full well how great of friends they are, how much of a companion they can be. You've had a long day at work, if you have a dog, especially. You walk in your door, and they greet you, and they're your friend, and they just love you for who you are. And you're like, wow, you're a friend to me, dog. Um, and so maybe David had a relationship like this with his sheep, where he got to know them personally, and he developed a friendship with them. And so he sees the companionship that a shepherd has with his sheep. And that's why we see Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my friend. But David also knew the protection that the shepherd constantly provided for his sheep. And he refers to this in 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're not going to turn there, but it's when he's talking to Saul before he goes and faces Goliath, probably one of the most well-known stories in David's life. And he's talking to Saul, kind of giving Saul this vote of confidence. And he talks about how the Lord has given him strength to protect his sheep. He, would, he said, like, when a bear would come into the fold to attack the sheep, I would defend my sheep. Even when one of my sheep was in the, in the clutches of a lion's mouth, I would grab the lion by its mane and kill it to protect my sheep. And so David knew full well the protection that a shepherd provided to their sheep. And this is the, per, the perspective that David is writing Psalm 23. He knows as he writes this psalm that the Lord provides all his nourishment. The Lord provides his protection. The Lord provides his guidance in life. The Lord provides for all his needs. And the Lord is a companion. And I think he focuses on that because it's, it's different than how the Lord has been looked at as a shepherd in, in prior passages to this when he describes the Lord as a friend. Because Israel had seen the Lord as a shepherd throughout their history. As we saw in the beginning, 
even Jacob referred to the Lord as a shepherd of Israel, one who, who guided Israel. But Israel had this problem, and we see this throughout the whole New Testament, where Israel goes in this cycle of sin, this cycle of wandering, where Israel follows God, and they're led by him, and then they kind of get complacent, and they get kind of frustrated, and they go off after other gods, and they fall into sin, and then their enemies come, and they're desperate, they're in despair, and the Lord saves them, and he brings them back to himself, and then they do the whole thing all over again throughout the Bible. We kind of see this cycle, and so we see this kind of culminate into one of the most uh, catastrophic things to ever happen to the people of Israel. We see this in Ezekiel. Um, so if you have your Bible, you can turn to Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel was a prophet used by God to tell his messages. And, and the people of Israel in Ezekiel are in a really, really bad spot. They have been taken over by Babylon. Many of them are exiled to Babylon. And Jerusalem has been attacked and destroyed. And so they're in absolute despair. They're absolutely lost. This, this heart of continuous rebellion has played out horribly in their lives. They have strayed so far from God. They are completely lost, just as sheep without a shepherd. But even in this moment, there's hope because the Lord is their shepherd and he is still their shepherd. Up until this point in the beginning of, of chapter 34, which we'll look at in a second, the people of Israel had been following after false shepherds, shepherds that were in it for their own gain. They weren't following the good shepherd. And so the Lord is telling Ezekiel to tell the people to put aside the false shepherds and follow him the true shepherd. Ezekiel chapter 34. We're going to pick it up in verse 11. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search out my sheep. I will seek them out as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered. So I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from the places where they have been scattered on the day of clouds and thick darkness. God's people were lost. They had wandered from him. They were scattered. But Lord, the Lord is saying that he will bring them back. And if you keep reading in chapter 34, he talks about um, David as a shepherd, but he's talking about the offspring of David, which was Jesus, who would ultimately bring the flock back to him. And so this is the hope that is given to Israel. And as we look at Israel, and we see this kind of cycle of sin that they go through throughout the Old Testament, we see a lot of ourselves in it. I think it's easy for us to think like, Israel, why don't you get it? Like the Lord is so good to you. Remember, he brought you out of Egypt. Like all these things, like I see the, click, the picture clearly. Why don't you just understand? Why don't you just fully trust him? Why as soon as life is good for you, you turn your back on him and you fall um, after other idols. Like, why is that? I think sometimes we can feel that as we read the Old Testament. But as we look closer, we see a lot of ourselves in Israel. How they were prone to wander, we often are prone to wander from God. 
to turn our backs from him. We often, like Israel, feel like lost sheep. There's um, a song, it's a hymn, that is probably one of my favorite hymns. It's a very well-known hymn. Um, If you haven't heard of it before, I I hope that you you look it up. It's called, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. It's a very well-known hymn. Um, It's written by Robert Robinson, and he wrote it in 1758. Um, It's a really rich hymn, and there's a few lines in it that stick out to me every time I hear the hymn. He writes this, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. But here's my heart. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Mankind is prone to wandering from God. We're prone to getting distracted. We're prone to being like lost sheep away from their shepherd. If you've ever doubted this, um, you might not be a parent because I have successfully completed my first year as a parent, um, and I've seen firsthand how almost innately people are prone to wander, and I've seen that in my beautiful, sweet angel daughter, Aria. Um, As wonderful as she is, I've seen that she's prone to wander. Sometimes I turn to my wife and I say, sin nature is not taught. This just happens. She has this rebellion, this I want things my way mindset that no one taught her, but somehow she has it. She is prone to wander, wander, and it's not even for her own good. Like many times she'll climb up the stairs and then she'll get a few stairs up and then she'll be like, I'm I'm done with this. And she'll just want to climb right off the stairs and fall to the ground. And I'm like, no, that would hurt you. So obviously as her father, I stop her. Or sometimes she'll go after uh, my dog's food and she'll try to eat it. I'm like, no, that's not good for you. And there's so many little instances throughout her life where she's just wandering, doing her own thing. And I have to come and like stop her and be like, no, that's not what's best for you. Um, But it's not something we taught her. It's not something we're like, hey, this is how to be rebellious 101. It's just something that she innately has. And I think we all see that in ourselves where we're just prone to wander from God. It's the human condition to wander from our good shepherd but there's hope. And we see that in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to read verses 24 and 25. This is the hope we have. For he himself bore our sins on his own body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. For we were strained like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. We were strained like sheep, but now we've returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. And so the question is, as believers, how do we keep from wandering? How do we keep from wandering from the good shepherd? If we're prone to it, how do we keep from wandering from the good shepherd? I think Psalm 23 gives us the answer. And the answer is, we need to find complete contentment in the Good Shepherd. To keep from wandering, we find complete contentment in the Good Shepherd. And so we're going to look at four ways that Psalm 23 shows us that we can find complete contentment by following the Good Shepherd. The first 
is that the Lord must be your shepherd. Notice when David starts Psalm 23, he doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd. He says the Lord is my shepherd. It's this personal relationship that he has with the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. One author says it this way, the good shepherd died for all, but only those who receive him by faith are his sheep. The good shepherd died for all, but only those who receive him by faith are his sheep. Last week, if you were here, Kevin did a great job of unpacking how the Psalms often relate to each other. And oftentimes, to understand the full context of a Psalm, we need to look at the Psalms that are near it. And that is definitely true with Psalm 23. Because if you're looking at Psalm 23 in your Bible and you flip back a page and you look at Psalm 22, we see a prophetic psalm about the coming and the suffering of Christ. The suffering of the shepherd in Psalm 22 is prophetically describing what the Lord has done for us, how he sacrificed his own body on the cross for us. And so for us to be able to live and dwell with the good shepherd, it took an incredible sacrifice. For us to know the Lord, we must know him as our sacrificial substitute who died for our sins before we know him as the good shepherd who meets all of our needs. I think this is explained very well and very beautifully in John chapter 10. John chapter 10, talking to us about the good shepherd, talking to us about the shepherd who sacrificed for his sheep. John chapter 10, we're going to read verses 11 through 14. Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them and flees because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as a father, just as the father knows me, I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. The Lord is the good shepherd. The Lord is the one who leads us on the right path. Everything else, it kind of falls away. It's kind of like the hired hands that watch the sheep. They don't actually care about the sheep. They're in it for other reasons. When there's a threat, they just leave. But not the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his very life for the sheep. So for us to find complete contentment in the Lord as our good shepherd, he first must be ours. We must know him. We must have a personal relationship with him. We must see that he paid the penalty for our sin. The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. So for us to find contentment with him, we need to have a personal relationship with him. We also see in Psalm 23 that we must depend on and enjoy the good shepherd's provision. For us to find full contentment in the good shepherd, we must depend on and enjoy his provisions. We see this in verses 2 and 3 in Psalm 23. David writes this, He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me behind still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. David is talking about every spiritual need he has. The Lord is providing for him. Spiritual food, as we see the green pastures. Um, A fun fact about sheep is they only lay down after they're completely satisfied. They don't lay down and be like, I'll eat my second half of my lunch later. They lay down after they've had enough. And so when David says, he makes me lie down in green pastures, it means that the sheep are completely satisfied. We get our spiritual food from the Lord until we are completely satisfied. We also see spiritual drink, the still waters. There is peace and there is rest in the Lord. He provides for all of our needs and we find peace and rest with him. He restores us and he guides us in all aspects of our life. Life is really hard and the Lord is our guide who will restore us and will guide us. He supplies all of our needs. So for us as the sheep to find full contentment in the good shepherd, we must depend on and enjoy the good shepherd's provision. But as I said, life is really, really hard. Getting through life is difficult. And this is something that David knew well. We think of David a lot of times by the highlights of his life. We think of him as the man after God's heart, the boy that killed Goliath, one of the greatest kings of Israel, kind of a celebrated figure in the Bible. But David's life was filled with hardship. Before he was king, he was chased, and, and, and Saul desired to kill him. He was wandering. Even after king, his own, after he became king, his own children wanted to kill him. Imagine what that would be like. I know none of us can, but incredible, incredible trials that David went through. And he writes this, verse 4 in in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. We see that contentment is not found through avoiding trials. Contentment is found through relying on the shepherd in the midst of trials. And these are trials that David knew. And so he reached out to the good shepherd. And it's a very personal thing. If you notice, he changes his language from he, meaning the good shepherd does this, to you. You do this for me, Lord. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And so we see that in times of fear, like the valley of the shadow of death, the good shepherd is there with us, guiding us. In times of conflict, like the presence of our enemies, the good shepherd is there leading us. In times of irritation, the Lord anoints our head with oil. Sheep, when they're injured or when they get a scratch or a scrape, A lot of times, shepherds would pour oil over it as something to soothe it. And so when David talks about anointing his head with oil, that's what he's referring to. In times where our life is facing irritation and frustration, the Lord anoints our head with oil. He 
provides for us. And so we see that for us to find complete contentment in our good shepherd, we must walk with the shepherd through hard times. And lastly, we see that the shepherd's goodness, it's in every situation of our lives, now, here on earth, and for all of eternity. We see this in verse 6, chapter 23, verse 6. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We find contentment in the good shepherd because our future is secure. As sheep, we will always be in God's fold, both now and all of eternity. He says, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so as we look at Psalm 23, as we look at the name Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd, we see that it's a guide of how we are to live our life in relationship and contentment with God. We see the shepherd, the good shepherd, as a guide to our life. Because when he is our good shepherd, when we continuously rely on him, we experience his protection. We experience his provision of our every need. And we experience his care. He's a loving, good, caring shepherd. So I pray that as we look at our lives, as we look at maybe times in our lives where we feel prone to wander, we look to the Good Shepherd and say, Lord, I'm going to find contentment in life through you. Nothing else will satisfy me but you, the Good Shepherd, because he loves you and he cares for you. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you that you are a Good Shepherd. Thank you that although so many times in life we feel lost, we feel confused, Lord, we feel like we are prone to wander from you. We don't know where we stand with you, God. Thank you that you are the shepherd of our souls, the good shepherd who brings us back to the flock. Thank you that you love us, that you provide for us. You give us all that we need. Lord, you comfort us. You lead us through trials you lead us through the hardest times in our lives. Father, thank you that you are the good shepherd who laid down your life for their sheep. Father, I pray that as we go through life, we would remember this and we would follow this, that you are a shepherd. You are there for us and we would lean on you. We would be sheep that follow the good shepherd. Thank you, Lord. I pray this in your name. Amen.